everybody. Welcome to the Improv Network Podcast, a series of conversations aimed at making stronger connections through the improv community. I'm your host, Bob Wick. Uh, James cannot make it this week. He got a paid gig, so good on him. Uh, today, we got a very special guest, my man, Joe Rapp from The Bearded Company. How you doing, bud? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited about this. <laughs> I've been working on my intros. It's, uh, it's a, a bit between me and James, so he even wrote one down for me. Uh, wow. So, yeah, yeah. That's my intro voice. It's really, it's it's out of 10. Uh, <laughs> uh, how you doing, man? How you been? Doing well. I mean, it's, uh, I think for, I mean, especially when it comes like to the arts and improv in general, this this last year has been a, been a wild one. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I want to talk to you. You, uh, The Bearded Company, you guys were at like the first diff. I, we've known each other, what, 12 years now? I was going to say, yeah, yeah, about that, yeah. And there are so few diffs that you haven't been to. Like you're you're pretty much a, a Detroit state. You're, you're one of our adopted troops, I would say. Oh, like, I mean, we love it. Like it's, it's, it is, it's like coming home when we, when we, end, when we end up in Detroit, we love that. It is. It is. It's like, you know, like when, when you have like Thanksgiving, you get to see your cousins you haven't seen in a long yeah. time. That's exactly what it feels when you guys Absolutely. show up. So it's always a pleasure. Uh, but I, I, let's get into it. I want to talk about how did you guys get started? How, like, well, first, personally, Joe, I've never asked you, how did you get started in improv? Uh, I mean, oh boy, I got, I mean, I got started, I think like some, some people I, like when I was in high school forever ago, like the late nineties, that was, a, there was like improv at our high school and I tried it and honestly hated it. And I just was like, forget this. I don't ever want to do this again. And I walked away from it. And then when I went to college, there was, uh, an improv group there that one of my roommates was a part of and so i went to a few of their jams and i realized oh this yeah. is what improv is supposed to be it's supposed to be like fun and loose and it was just yeah. like, i don't what know what was it like in high school <laughs> i don't know it just wasn't that it felt okay. really rigid and weird and i think it's because the people that were running it didn't really understand what improv was oh was it other so, students or was it, it was like so there was like we had our like drama teacher mm -hmm. he brought it in as a way to make our acting better but i don't think he fully understood what improv was i think he just like looked it up and said oh improv just no script yep. and then just like let us out there to do whatever so there was like it was kind of wow <laughs> that's awesome though god bless him for trying <laughs> oh yeah i mean i i it's good on him for giving it a shot. Yeah. But I was glad to get some structure once I actually went to college and got to meet up with a group where people were truly trying to understand the form. All right. Cool, cool. Um, so where did that take you to? So from there, basically that group, um, yep. they kind of fell apart. And me and a couple of my buddies there were like, you know, I bet we can start a group let's just try it. Let's just try it. Let's just start holding some improv jams. And we did, we just started holding improv jams in our garage. Uh, and then we started holding them on campus cause we were all theater majors. Right. Um, and so we just started holding improv jams like once a week in the green room and anyone could come, anyone could try stuff out. Cause we were, we were pretty honest about like, 
we don't know everything. We're also learning here. Like we're just wow. pulling exercises out of like truth and comedy and uh, any other book we could get our hands on. Um, some like John I think that was, stuff. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was wild. There was only like three books back then. So exactly. <laughs> Truly. I mean, that, and we were like all yeah. into every book we could get because we were so far away from any improv, like real quote unquote improv city. Cause we were in, um, like on the border of Minnesota and North Dakota. And so there was no improv there. Oh, so it was just, really? you, gotta, you gotta read to learn it. Wow. Okay, cool. Uh, then how did you get to your first improv class and where was it at? So from there, um, as that started and once, um, what started basically from that was the bearded men, which is what we were before okay. the bearded company. Um, and when the bearded men started, we finally, from some of our jams, we created a smaller group of seven of us. And then all of us were like, you know, we should actually take like some real classes if we can. So we yeah. decided let's pool our money. Let's take a trip and go do an intensive down at uh, second city in Chicago. So we all went down and did um, a weekend intensive at second city in Chicago. And that was our first like real dip into somebody else teaching us. Do you remember what that felt like? Like the it, introduction to what real improv is compared to what you was, thought it was through I reading? Mean, weirdly, some of it was, I remember like when we first got in there and like the first couple of exercises, I was like, oh man, like, I feel like we do this all the time. I don't want to do this again. But very quickly <laughs> it became, holy crap, this is a lot. There's so much information coming at me. And this, and the guy, I don't even remember who our teacher was, but I remember he was really great about stopping scenes and going, okay, let's stop and look at this and figure out what we're <laughs> doing here. And it was, it was just weird to have somebody truly on the outside that wasn't a part of our group, like stopping and starting stuff and kind right. of pointing out things. That was wild. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. When you coach, is that your style of, of coaching? Do you just stop scenes and I, yeah, I mean, sometimes it kind of depends. Uh, it depends on what I'm coaching specifically, but yeah, I like to, I do like my personal opinion is I like giving yeah. people a little uh, leeway. I like giving yeah. people the opportunity to go a little further than maybe some coaches do. I like letting people go further and then we'll stop and we'll go, okay, let's all look at this together. Like this isn't yeah. just me. Like I want, I want my students to always be able to also see it. Like, Mm -hmm. because until they see it, the, the change is not probably going to happen. Like just because mm -hmm. I'm telling them, like once I leave the room, how do they know then? Like, oh, yeah. 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 You can't be a, a crutch. Right. You know? Exactly. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I'd like letting them get to not too far because you want them to remember what, right. what they were going through, you know, Absolutely. Uh, but, like, you also, we're not psychic. They might <laughs> have something under like, cause Students do surprise you, so you can't oh, yeah. act as if like, well, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm senior improv in this room. I I'm going to yeah. show you how to hold my hand. I'll take you through this. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, honestly, in some students, like you'll ask them a question of like, okay, so why did you choose to do this? And it's a completely different reason than like I had right. in my head of why they did it. And then I'm like, oh, now I get what you're trying to do. Okay, right. let's take that. And let's just try something slightly different. Like that's an awesome yeah, idea yeah. that I didn't even. How get can we communicate that to the audience? Who yeah, is me? Exactly. yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. So you guys take your intensive. You you got the improv bug. What happens next? 
uh, from there, then uh, we just started like pushing really hard to perform as often as we could. Uh, and so that took us like we were uh, thankfully our campus was pretty good about letting us do stuff. So we were able to book one of the smaller theaters on campus cool. pretty regularly to do shows. And we tried everything when we were an early group. Um, our first like year and a half, all we did was short form improv. Wow. Uh, so we did all game style improv for the first year and a half. And like, we learned every game we could, everything we could. And we tried like a, we even did like, a show that was like kind of a comedy sports ripoff show um, <laughs> once just to see what that was like. Right. Um, and then for some reason we thought we're like, you know, we, we, we had one person ask us, Hey, can you perform at this event or whatever? I'm like, Oh my God, let's try to make some money. And so me and my co-owner right now, Matt, he, he and I were like, let's make this a business. <laughs> <laughs> so we went and like, got an LLC and did all wow. the stuff to a business. So it was but like I, very I love dumb. that about you guys because, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, like you're one of the only troops I know that are so organized. You're oh, you're almost like the Wu-Tang Clan of <laughs> of, of improv. Like <laughs> you all have your equal parts. You know what job you, you bring to the table. Uh, it's very well organized. Um, and the quality is there as far as your shows and everything. Like when I go to others, like we, we do a lot of different festivals. I, I bump into you guys a lot. People know what they're getting when they go to a bearded company show. So yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it was like, it was, you know, once we did, God, I don't remember where we went. We went, um, we did Chicago improv festival and we, we paid to do, I don't remember what it was, but it was like, over the festival, um, you could get a coach for your ensemble for yep. that festival. Um, and we we did that because we're like, we need this. We need to get some more coaching. And so we met up with uh, Kevin Mullaney, and he, he was our coach. Um, and it opened our eyes to true long-form improv and how much of that that we – we didn't even realize like as theater students and people that right. love doing like scripted plays that, Oh man, long form for us was almost easier because it's like, Oh, we're just telling a story. It's just like a play. Great. Let's do this. Right. This is what we should focus on. Yeah. That must've rung a, a, like a truth bell. And cause aren't all like, like you said before, most of you or all of you are, are acting like yep. students and stuff. That's yeah. awesome. Um, at this time, how is this, the still like are the members of the of the beard company that you are with at the the Chicago festival are the are we still have the same members now or so so we, so we've gone through a few different phases of members okay. and yeah our first group was uh seven of us and that was through that through that time there was okay. just the seven of us and then uh very shortly after that we added uh three more members yeah. and then yeah so we've and then we split off. We moved from uh, Fargo Moorhead. Um, some of us went to LA and some people went to Minneapolis. The LA folks kind of just weren't doing uh, bearded stuff out there, but the Minneapolis group was. And then at one point, um, my partner in crime, Matt, he moved from Minneapolis to LA and kind of reorganized them. Okay. Uh, and so now there's been a group in LA and Minneapolis. That's incredible. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so 
you you start with short form. When is it after the Chicago festival? Is that when you started getting more? I don't know. Uh, I want to say niche, but like you have more stylistic shows. Absolutely, absolutely. That's I mean okay. that's exactly what it was because we were still at that time. You know, we were in that was like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, somewhere in there, and okay. um, we it was right around that time we were we had just set up um weekly shows at this coffee shop that we 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 performed at in Fargo and we decided to use those shows as basically uh an experimental ground for us to try stuff and we i mean at that time we literally did we marketed our shows as experimental improv you would come every week and you'd see something different we would try every form we could wow. we made up forms we tried things we read about um that's when we started trying to do like very genre specific things it was it was a wild time i love those kind of sh- i love i kind of miss that i think and i don't want to i don't want to complain but I, I feel like students have too much opportunity to get on like an improv stage now compared to when we were coming up like oh a good coffee house or a good dive bar show oh yeah really like that really you know that's a really great that, that stuff will teach you that stuff yeah. will teach you for sure yeah I mean, our, I do, and it takes some real hustle to do that i'm not i mean i'm, I'm not even like trying to pat ourselves on the back or anything i think it's just it's hard and and sometimes yeah. you have to push outside your comfortability to like approach like because for us it wasn't they didn't ask us we approached them we're like we see you have this like extra room over here can we use that for like performing once a week we'll we'll give you like a dollar off of every ticket and we were charging like two dollars or something like it was wild oh man yeah we uh my first group played at a place called the rusty nail Oh, uh, that, that's that, that, that was, uh, that was some very formative, uh, times in my life. So I, yeah, I appreciate like just going out there. Like you said, it's a hustle and it's a hustle that I don't think a lot of performers have to do. Well, especially last year, but like before that, like it's, it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a definitely rubber, a different man. world and not getting, you know, it's, um, I don't want to sound like old man improv back oh, in my no. day. We I, had to walk up the hill through the snow to, to do some zip zap zop. But I mean, there's some things that are just different, especially if yeah. you're close to a city that has, um, an improv right. theater or two, uh, it, it definitely changes the dynamic and like, you just don't get a lot of like for us. I mean, and same, I'm sure same for you. Like there's so many of those early shows for us. I mean, we had like three people actually watching us like right most people didn't care we were doing it just because we wanted to yeah and two of those people are the girlfriends of the the people exactly. on stage. like exactly. yep <laughs> yep yeah man um okay cool so we, we, we're doing these shows um when do you guys get affiliated with the theater so when uh matt and i des- decided to move to minneapolis um he and i moved in 2010 down to Minneapolis. And that was right around when huge theater in Minneapolis was about to open. And we actually, uh, we contacted Butch who is the executive director right now. And we kind of knew Butch through, um, because we had come down and performed in Minneapolis a couple of times at a show called Improvagogo, which is kind of a lottery show in Minneapolis. Um, but we contacted Butch and we're like, hey, we're living here now. We'd love, we heard you're opening a theater. We'd love to talk to you about it. So he grabbed, weirdly grabbed breakfast with us. He doesn't even know us very well at that point. And <laughs> he's like, yeah, sure. No problem. So we grabbed breakfast with him and he kind of told us about the plans for it. Um, 
and we're like, okay, whenever you get a building, we want to be a part of it. Just keep us, keep us informed. Like we want to help yeah. out however we can. And so the next year huge opened and we just signed up to do whatever. Like we ran box office, we ran the bar, we did whatever we could. Um, and we weren't even performing there. Like we, we submitted to perform, but we didn't get chosen. Wow. And so we were still performing at like coffee shops and stuff around town, wherever we could. Um, and just booking, you know, random, like after prom parties and like corporate <laughs> events and stuff. And then after prom parties. Oh yeah. I mean, hey, those, I'm going to be honest. If anyone can get into those, just give it a shot. Especially if you're younger, just do it there. They're great. Uh, money. They're fun times. Uh, you get fed, you know, taco in a bag or whatever. Oh, so through the school, there's an after prom party. Yeah. Okay. I thought. No, 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 no. We're not going to like a house party. That would be very creepy. So now. You got to get an improv. <laughs> Somebody's going to clip this and think that we're psycho creepy guys. Well, yikes. Let's get a group of 20 somethings to come into the house and, and do <laughs> That would be terrible. Okay. That. Uh, but yeah, so soon after that, like we just kept performing around town and we just kept bugging huge. We just kept submitting and saying like, yeah. we'd love to do this show. And finally we got in because we submitted with another group and we said, we want to do a show on Fridays at 1030 at night mm -hmm. and or Saturdays at 1030 at night. And we're like, we'll, we're going to submit with this group. Each group is just going to do a half of the show and that's it. Wow. And so each group got 25 minutes and that was it huge signed off on it the other group within the first i think like month and a half of the run fell apart and so we just took over the slot and then kind of just kept performing That's and awesome. we just worked our ass off just to get people yeah. to come out to a 10 30 slot which is another thing people don't realize like how many opportunities are are they present themselves because people just don't want to follow through they don't realize the work uh, they enjoy the applause, the laughs and everything, yeah. but it takes more than just showing up to put yeah. on a good show. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think there's, there's so much work that is, is not the fun work of it, right? right? There's, there's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that is the work that is, that usually is the thing that stops a lot of groups from getting further than they are. Yeah. And that's not saying the groups are not talented. There are so yeah. many talented groups and people out there. Oh my God. But it's doing all the work of just like, like we early on here in Minneapolis, when we were here, we literally made like sandwich board signs and like oh. walked up and down the blocks in uptown Minneapolis, just trying to get people to come to our shows. That's incredible. That's incredible. Let me ask you this. Uh, so when you guys started putting on these shows at, you know, just the coffee houses or even yeah. when you got into the huge, um, did you guys just come up with, uh, I don't know, like a business plan, like, or a, ma a mantra or, you know, just some kind of thing to like, this, the, these are our goals and this is how we're going to, um, I don't know, get them, you know, like, or, uh, I think yeah. it's, I mean, it's a great question. And my answer, unfortunately, is like, no, we didn't, which is probably why, realistically, it's probably why we're not further than we are. I mean, I think oh. we've accomplished, I think we've accomplished a ton. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't doubt that. But I think sometimes it, it has been like, we've just, we've changed that mission right. and mantra a lot over the years. I think it's become much more focused now within yeah. the last, I don't know, six, seven years. Uh, but for a long time, it was just, we just want to perform. That's all. We just want to perform and try stuff. 
And once we kind of got past the stage of we're just doing experimental improv to, oh, we really love the storytelling aspect of it. That's the kind of thing we want to do. We really want to do, I don't know how else to describe it other than like true unscripted theater. And I think that's just because we're big theater nerds that we started really liking that. And we're like, oh man, we could actually just, yeah, let's just try to actually do shows that we're not necessarily, we know they're going to be funny, but we're not going to necessarily market them that way. I mean, a lot of the ads you see for our shows and stuff, almost very rarely do we advertise that they're like a comedy. Yeah. Which is smart because, you know, I think people expect, almost uh whose line is it anyway type Absolutely. show when you say improv because Absolutely. that's what most people are familiar with who are not improvisers yeah. themselves they don't know that like your your person off the street doesn't know the difference between short oh, form yeah. and long form uh it yep. says comedy on the building they expect you know oh, yeah. almost, almost uh a lap per minute like stand up and yes. if you're telling a story even like uh, i don't know every great comedy you have to have a low point to build, right. you know, to build up that tension. So absolutely, yeah, it yeah. make it makes those moments stand out more, which is, is something I find personally gratifying. Like, as much as I, I mean, I love getting laughs from the audience. Yeah. That's always that's an amazing feeling. That'll that'll never go away. However, for me, the, I get almost as much excitement, if not more, when the island the audience is like so silent because they are so laser focused and invested in what's mm-hmm. happening at that moment. That is wild when you can just feel that tension and energy coming from the audience. Yeah. Right. Uh, my, my, my favorite moments are if you can get them to go, aw. Like yeah, that's, absolutely. That, that, then you yeah. did something there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so we start with Hughes. And at this point, it would, do we, is this when, so how long from getting the show at Huge? to uh splitting up into two separate it was a few years because we started um huge opened in 2011 um and they uh we started performing there mid to late 2011 okay and then um when the la beards happened matt matt moved in 2014 so we had a few years at huge where it was um up, the up la beards yeah and then and then yeah and then matt moved out there and he's like half of the original group is out here i'm just gonna push these guys together again and so they started performing out there and that was that was a like what a weird experience to think that i am part of an improv group that has two cup like we don't own a building we're I, not we're not second city or no or any of that stuff but we have two groups that's but it's a theater center. company that's a really great because then you don't have to pay for all that overhead or anything like you right. just you know uh let me ask you this do you have as a group do you have like uh a playbook as far as you know workshops and mm-hmm. and shows and everything you do absolutely yeah that's yeah, amazing we, we have been building those over the years and i think okay. that's something we really learned while we were uh, early on at huge is mm-hmm. that what's going to help us actually grow or just be more successful is just to have stuff that is our, that we consider ours, like that okay. we can fall back on and use. And that is more uniquely ours rather than saying like, yeah, we teach this 
person style or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we have, yeah, we have a whole bunch of workshops that are very uniquely ours that we've created. And we, we've taught a lot of them at uh, festivals and, um, privately and just here we've done um, a couple intensives in Minneapolis uh, for groups because we focus now we most of our workshops focus pretty heavily around uh, narrative improv oh cool cool yeah um, I'm very familiar with your your D&D improv yeah. I think that's the show I've caught the most just Absolutely. by have yeah uh, which is an idea that is that's solely yours guys guys right that's yep yeah yeah we uh, pretty early on actually that was that was our first truly like where we really dove into we're gonna make an extremely genre specific show right. and at that time literally none of us had ever played D. &D. we just really were like, yeah we just were okay because like, i feel thought... like this is such a great vehicle absolutely right? um and so we we practiced it like we we decided okay well we have to play D, &D first so we found a, a dungeon master <laughs> and we played some D, &D figured it out and then uh, we had to figure out okay how do we dumb this down so it's not yeah. hard for an audience that may not may not know right. D, D to get and understand and like hopefully okay that's awesome uh so this would be con considered like a, a mid-form show right yeah yeah i would sure. say it's probably yeah i mean and and we've it's changed this show is actually probably out of of our genre shows this is probably yeah. the one that has changed the most over the years it's evolved okay. a lot as we've learned that some things work some things don't how can we make it clip along better or more understandable for people but we have other genre shows as well that are uh, very specific genres so all right uh we have a question from yep. kurt um core tenets of improv include yes and and also nobody being in charge oh uh, where areas collaborate, story person or storytelling games, D and D contain an element of one person being in charge of the story, and no, because mm -hmm. it, oh, well, it's a long one. <laughs> I know because your troupe it incorporates the two in your improv D and D. How do you do it so well? So how do you do that? I mean, it is it's a great question, and it is yeah. that's that's something that we have recognized is that yeah, in, in a traditional D and D game, you know, your game master whoever they are, they're, they're really running the show. It's, it's much more of the adventure they are trying to take you through, right? Um, and for us, we recognized, obviously, as a group, we, we are just kind of collaborative to, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's a fault, but we, uh, we just love, love, love collaborating. We want everyone's <laughs> ideas. Um, and so we found, we've worked with a few different um, dungeon masters at this point, and each of them, Basically, the criteria we had for them when we brought them in was saying, yes, we want your storytelling abilities, but we also want you to kind of be a part of the show as much as we are. So it's a little give and take. Like, okay. if we change something, if the story isn't going exactly where you want it to, we want you to be able to roll with that. And yeah. we've gotten very lucky. We've had some, our game masters have been all great about that, of being able to understand that improv truly is a form that you need to all be giving and taking. Otherwise, if our game master ran the entire thing, it would be so much more boring for us. Like how much right. improv would we really get to do? It'd be more of a Mad Lib. Uh, Ab absolutely. So for yeah. us, it's our game master is improvising as much as we are. He That's like our wild. current one. He has an idea every, every uh, before every show he has an idea and 
he tells us often that usually by the end of that show, he's like, that went almost nowhere. I got one thing accomplished that I thought I was going to get accomplished. So. Wow. So were you guys, um, do you, were you guys familiar with mid form before you started this process or is it something you started the process and someone's like, Oh, we do this over here. It's called mid form or. Yeah. I think that's more of what it is. I mean, I think that's been, <laughs> yeah. our, I think that's been our entire adventure as a company. Is- that's awesome we go somewhere and somebody else tells us, oh, this right. is what you're doing. Because I remember er- really early on at festivals, somebody was uh, telling me, we got off stage and somebody's like, wow, you guys just did the perfect Herald. <laughs> and all <laughs> of us looked at each other like, okay, yeah, great. Yeah, awesome. yeah, that is not it. what we were attempting to do, but I'm glad we did that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> And then we try to do it on purpose and it was rough. No, <laughs> exactly. I mean, truly, that's basically the case. Yeah. All right. We've all been there. Man. Absolutely. Uh, great. Absolutely. So let's talk about the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I just started watching it. I love it. So how did it get started? Uh, so we, we've been wanting to do a podcast for years, but it was just yeah. always like, I, none of us felt comfortable enough with all the technical things to make it right. operate as, as well as we wanted. We're like I said, we're we're kind of we're kind of too particular. I think sometimes because we just want things to work as well as they can. We don't. Not that any group wants to do a crappy show, but I think we are right. especially hard on ourselves sometimes in our group. Um, we just want the product to be as good as it can be. Um, but in the past year, or like right before uh, the pandemic happened in 2019, yeah. we had just added a new member here in Minneapolis, uh, Maria. And she actually, one of her regular jobs is being uh, a podcaster. She has, oh, really? a, she has a Magic the Gathering podcast, uh, Good Luck High Five. And when she came into the group, she's like, we really should make this a podcast. We should. We should just do this. And so we said, okay, fine, fine. We're just going to do it. We're going to give it a shot. Let's, let's record one and just see yeah. how it goes. So we recorded one in... Uh, early January, 2020, not knowing the pandemic was coming. And we're like, oh, this was actually really fun. Let's keep doing this. So we, we recorded a few more and then the pandemic happened. And weirdly, it just, what weird, like timing, like kind of perfect timing for us because we were able to record separately uh, during the whole thing. But it was mostly just because we love doing um, our D and D show that we're like, this show just seems like it could easily translate out of all of the shows we've done, all of our genre shows, the D and D one is the one that just translates most perfectly into a podcast. And the name of it's break the dice, right? Break the dice. Yeah. That show has gone through I, I should have started with that. I'm, I'm like, I'm like the guy like, Oh, everybody meet my new friend. I'm not going to tell you his name. Yep. I, I mean, honestly, everyone would be confused anyway, because our show, if you've ever seen any of our show live shows, our show, right. our D&D show literally was Dungeons and Dragons, the improvised campaign. Then it was Swords and Sorcery, the improvised campaign. Now it's Break the Dice. So it's gone through about a million things. But yes, you can find it. Break the Dice, the improvised campaign. It's on all the streaming platforms. Uh, but yeah, it just weirdly really worked out. And it's a form that made the most sense to translate into a podcast. Okay. For those of the uh, people who are trying to translate their shows onto podcasts, what are yep. some of the things you learn, uh, things we can avoid or things that actually really helped? 
Yeah. I mean, I, th I think a lot of, a lot of it is truly knowing your form as well as you can. I mean, I know that sounds very simplistic, but for us, like, I think if we weren't as familiar with what we were doing, it would have seemed a lot sloppier. Uh, so the more you can tighten it, the better. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, we should have like our show should be an hour or whatever. No, if your no. show works, if your show works best at 25 minutes, just do 25 minutes. I would rather listen to somebody's podcast that's really great for 25 minutes than somebody's yeah. podcast that's mediocre at an hour, you know, like, and we've said that plenty, even with our show that we're like, if our, we decided early on, we're like 45 minutes, that's our max. Like, we're not going longer than 45 minutes doesn't make sense to. Yeah. So if you listen to our podcast, the episodes are almost always right around 45 minutes because we know that that's, that's kind of where we're set. You know, that's where we know we get the best quality and we can tell the whole story we need to. So when you record, are you guys all together or? So we were originally. Okay. And actually, that I mean, that's another like tip, I guess, is if you can record together, please mm -hmm. do it, especially for improv. I mean, if you're listening to this or watching this and it's, you know, like improv relies pretty heavily on that very quick action of right. reading somebody else or hearing them in the moment and, and answering. And for us, those first, three episodes we recorded of the podcast were all in person. And oh, okay. when you listen to the first one we recorded separately, Oh my God. Like you could tell yeah. it was like weird pauses and like it, it took us probably two episodes. Like they weren't bad, but it took us a couple episodes to get used to. Oh, when you're recording over zoom, it's like, there's a delay yeah. that you have to wait for. You know, I, I don't even really like en enjoy doing podcasts or not podcast. I'm sorry. Improv sitting down. I learned that like uh, if I'm doing any shows or anything over zoom, I got to stand up like something about this position and like doing the podcasting down. I'm totally fine. Cause this is conversation, but yeah, I don't know to get into character and stuff. I gotta, I gotta move my body. Like I, that's my, my muscle memory. Yeah. So I can, and I honestly would think the goal would be trying to improvise and forget the microphones there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and it is, it is a thing of, you know, you want to, perform as much as you can right. like you would on stage really yeah. don't be because i think it's easy in a podcast setting because you're sitting in a chair or whatever yeah. like it's easy to be low energy but yeah. it's like you really do have to it it can be just as exhausting doing a podcast in some ways as it is performing on stage because you're using a different kind of energy when you're sitting because you're trying to exude the same kind of energy that you do right when you're on stage. And so there's times when our podcast ends and I'm exhausted just because I'm like, God, I was working my ass off just to sound <laughs> like I was really, right. it, you know? And then there's limitations. Of, I don't know if you guys have bumped into this, uh, having, having the limitations of what zoom can do. Like, oh, like yeah. if you're having people, multiple people trying to talk at once yep. or like you're trying to do it like an audience type feel, mm -hmm. like if you're doing a town hall type scene, it, it can be rough. It can, oh, be, yeah, it really can. I mean, and that's, I think that's where you take advantage of, you know, there's, there's so many teachers that teach the, uh, the exercise that makes people have to actually like take a pause between each line so that you per yeah. you actually hear it and then you respond to it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how zoom. <laughs> I think that's something that I've actually kind of liked with zoom. And I think we all talked about it as yeah. a group at some point that we're like, in some ways it does force you to stop. And mm -hmm. actually listen because yeah, sometimes it becomes chaos 
and you don't hear right. anyone because everyone's talking. And so we have had to remind ourselves a couple of times, like, hey, we need to be real careful about talking over each other because we're just missing stuff. Right. And you don't know what's getting recorded sometimes. I don't exactly. know if you guys, re- do you guys record directly to through Zoom or do you so use? We we record all separate tracks so that wow. when we edit, yeah. So, because people have asked us a lot, like, so how much do you edit out of your episodes? And actually, we really don't edit anything out of the episodes, except for if there are moments where like three of us are talking over each other, we'll right. just like mute two people so that you just hear one person. Yeah. And we edit out all of the weird silences between lines. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, I really, really like it, the uh, the animation on the on the Facebook or not Facebook. I'm sorry, YouTube yeah. channel. Uh, can you tell me about that? Yeah, so we uh, pretty early on, we, you know, we're like, oh, you know, we really need to get more people into the show because it's, I mean, podcast, every, I mean, as you know, everyone has a podcast, everyone, their mom has a podcast right, right now. <laughs> and so we knew that that was a challenge. We're coming into the podcast game really late. So how yeah. else can we also capitalize here? And so our dungeon master, uh, Alan, he had a friend uh, who's a videographer and animator and his friend was like, yeah, I could absolutely do this. Like if you want something. And so Alan's like, yeah, we would like to do like just some, just short clips from our episodes just to give people a little taste of what our podcast is. So, Yeah. He's been creating little clips from all of our episodes as these little short animations and they're super fun. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Even the, uh, Oh, the trailer for it, where he just took one picture and then yeah. animated just by highlighting yeah. the different characters in the in this without yeah them moving. Absolutely, was really cool. Like what what great production. Uh, and I think that's you know just shows how much you guys care about your brand. Absolutely. And, and that you know that brings an audience within itself because you know I can guarantee you a good show. I can guarantee you. A great experience that's what you you know y- you are associated with you know a good time and that that's what everybody wants when they come in to watch a show right absolutely i mean in right. people like people whether they realize it or not audiences are are just as much even if they're only paying you know five bucks for an improv show right. or something you know they there's this unconscious thing that audiences still want a polished product in like always like they want to see that oh this group really takes it seriously so if they find you online it looks like you didn't just randomly put like throw (laughs) up a page or whatever like you put time in like for us that's we are probably real oddities because we take maybe too much we take that too far we really go for it but we like that we want to feel like when our audience interacts with us whether it's seeing us on stage, listening to the podcast, or just visiting our website or our social media pages mm-hmm. that they feel like, oh, this group cares. Like they, they work hard. They were right. trying to put out something good, you know? Yeah. I, I did a deep dive on your, uh, your YouTube page. Uh, Cause we were talking about the, the audience experience and production. Yeah. Um, I like, I love some of your old videos, the black and white ones where you guys were doing comedy. Cause I think that's where some troops miss out on opportunities. Uh, either not taking the time to really produce it and maybe even like you said before, like taking just some, some bits of it so people can get the, over, like, almost making your own trailer for your improv troupe rather than, I don't know, having someone in the back uh, record a set and just sticking the set up there oh, yeah. uh, because recording in a theater 
is difficult. Yeah, the yeah, sounds wonky. I mean, so often, yeah. How often does that translate really well? It, it does not. You have to be in the room, you know, yeah. like, and, and people, I think subconsciously are so used to seeing like, especially like on, on with comedy, like a well-polished movie or something like that. And you're getting right. compared to a billion dollar budget when it's just someone like myself, like recording with a handy cam in the back right. of the theater. Like it's not right. the same. You can't compete. Absolutely. And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, I think some of it does come down to, yeah, Kit, what can you do with the tools you have? And for us, I mean, for a long time, like we're, we're lucky now that we have Maria in the group cause she has a very deep, uh, video and audio background. So she's, she's really helpful with that stuff. But before she was in the group, I mean, almost all of our stuff was just shot on like an iPhone or something like all of our, like anything we've done. Those old flip cams. That that used to be a big one. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, we're just like, you know what, this is what we have and we're going to do something because why not? It's not going to hurt us. Right. Right. (laughs) I think she's responsible for my favorite character so far, Crab Apple. Oh yeah, oh, that was yeah. oh episode two. Yeah, don't, don't fall asleep on that. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Uh, so, is there anything else you've been working working on? Do you want to talk about? Or, I mean, I think a lot of it is just we're working on trying to just figure out what those next steps are, and I think that's right. probably all improv groups right now. Um, we've been working, I'm sure a lot of people can probably recognize or, uh, understand the feel of like, okay, so now that the pandemic has opened up this digital space more, what does that mean? And that's what we're trying to figure out is, okay, we've done a few like, uh, one-off, uh, break the dice live shows on Twitch. And those have been weird, but fun, uh, (laughs) I think uh, what you just described work- 2020 in one one sentence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as truly. far as performing is concerned, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I think what we've learned from those is again, those come down to production value. Right. Like if you're able to at least put an overlay over your video, mm-hmm. how much better it seems it seems just that much better, even if the improv yeah. wasn't the best you've ever done. Like at least it looks pretty good. Well, it shows you're trying. Yeah, it really does. Absolutely. But I think the biggest thing we're working on is just break the dice as a podcast. That's been that's awesome. because we haven't been able to perform in person. We've really honed in on just saying, you know what? 2020 was about working our ass off yeah. on our podcast and seeing what we can do with that. And like you said, everybody and their mom has a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, which makes me think if if. And you can answer, you don't have to answer it. But Joe, if, if your parents were to have a podcast, what would it be about? Oh God. Um, if my, let's see, if my dad was to have a podcast, it would be a very boring, no offense to my dad. If he's no at all, he would, uh, probably have a podcast about, um, city leadership. Cause that's what he does. <laughs> he works with okay. cities and their leadership, which would be very boring to me. And my mom for, for all, if she could understand technology better, it would absolutely yeah. <laughs> be something on gardening for sure. Oh wow, uh, my mom could co-host that with her. That and uh, what British television mysteries are on Netflix would be my mom's Ooh. niche. Yeah, she really gets yeah. into that. Yeah. And my dad would be like, "Where's to find the cheapest gas?" <laughs> that would be it'd be really short. I love it. Uh, uh, be about you know about ten minute episode because when I get my phone calls, like Bobby, 
in Novi, which is a, a city I mean, a little bit, yeah, you drive yeah. 40 minutes this way to fill up your tank to save three cents. It's worth it. You know? I guarantee that podcast would be a hit. People yeah, love that. Come there's on. a demographic for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Joe, thank you so much for coming out. That's I really good. appreciate you and, and your time, man. I miss you, buddy. Oh, I yeah, really, man. I think the last time we saw each other was, that was Cincinnati, right? Yeah. So like two, almost two years ago. I know. Isn't it wild? It feels like yesterday. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm missing those moments of getting to interact with the larger improv community. I just, it's holy cow. (laughs) I, I think I was okay during the, the overall, you know, pandemic until like diff weekend. And that kind of get me because my my favorite thing during diff is I, I love the shows. I love the workshops, all that cool stuff. But just walking down the street and seeing like improv friends and like, yeah. oh, you're eating here? I'm about to eat here. Like, yeah. I don't know why, but I love those moments. I totally agree. I think yeah. a lot of what the fun is of festivals and why I try to encourage other groups to do them is not the performance. I mean, the performance part is great. And right. Yeah, the workshops are great. But man, it's just getting to hang out with other people that love the same thing you love and yeah. just like being humans together. Yeah. yeah. Eating and talking and I don't know everything. Absolutely. Great. Uh, great. Uh, so where can we find, where can we find the podcast everywhere? Or is there a specific place you would like us to go to get more hits? Yeah. Or I mean, now nah, you can find it anywhere. All the, all the, all the regular podcast places, Spotify, oh. Apple podcasts, wherever, find it. You can go to uh, btdpod.com. Uh, that'll give you, That'll give you quick links to everything right. and give you a little more info about the show. And, and you guys have your own uh, website as well. Yeah, beardedcompany.org. Cool. And people should check that out. There's some good stuff on there. Uh, yeah, I had to stalk you before this, man. I had to get my research. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Which is great. Like, this is a really easy uh, podcast to do because you guys put it all out there. I appreciate that, man. That's really <laughs> cool. Uh, again, thank you so much, Joe. Yeah, Appreciate you, man. You have a good one. Uh, everybody, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to include what kind of podcast your parents would do in the in the comments, uh, we we really like to check that out. And we're also going to put all the information for the Bearded Company uh, in our comments. And so check them out as well. And see you next week. Have a good one, everybody. Bye, y'all. And I'm ending the broadcast. There it is.